Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. I'm going to read uh, some scripture. Simple. It's actually nine times in the Bible referred to a few more times and it's all throughout the book of Exodus, and it says, let my people go. Last, last time I was here, I talked about so that, and uh, this is one of my favorite so that's in the Bible. It says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Let's pray. Lord, help us to have an encounter with you that will long outlast this moment. Show us things we don't know. Speak to our reality. Speak to our situation. Help us to see things as you see them. Help us to respond to this call to action. People on your mark, get ready, get set. Let me go. How are you? So a lot of times we ask that question and we get a fake answer, right? A lot of times we're asked that question and we give a fake answer. We, we kind of give the cute smile. Someone says, how are you? And you go, hey, I'm great or I'm fine. But I wonder if you actually asked yourself in private where nobody's looking and said, hey, how am I? How am I, am I really? Like, uh, I would ask, instead of saying, how are you? I would say, are you emotionally charged? Are you happy? Are you excited about life? Are you on your way to purpose? Are your priorities lined up? Are you free? Are you motivated? How's your ambition? Are you committed to the important things in your life? Are you focused? Are you moving forward? Are you living in the full potential God has for you? Are you living a life, an abundant life, and not just a, man, I'm just making it kind of life? Are you productive? Do you have joy? And if not, what is going on in your life that is zapping your joy tank? What is going on in your life that is holding you in that same space, in that same place, and you just can't get free, that there, there's, there's like this grip on you and it's holding you in the same place and you're trying to move forward and you're getting frustrated because this thing just has this grip on you. You can't move forward. There's something going on, there's something taking away the, the motivation, the joy, and you could never go to the next level in a demotivated and a negative state of mind. You gotta clear this. So I say, how are you? A lot of times, and I, I share this a lot, uh, I share this with uh, my staff, I share this with the people that we serve. For those of you who don't know, we're, we help homeless and at-risk homeless uh, here in New York City, and that's what I love to do. And I ask people, I say, hey, how are you? And I try to get deeper with the question. I say, where are you and where are you going? Because you need location and destination to have direction, right? If you, uh, this morning I put ways on uh, to get from my house to here. So I had location, I had destination. In order for me to get around the marathon, in order we, for me to get from Long Island to Queens to Brooklyn, I, guys, I traveled this morning. And sometimes we think, man, what are my goals? What are my targets? What are my dreams? What's my destination? And we think sometimes destination's actually the hardest part 
to figure out. And I would say, nah, man, it's location because when you're dealing with location, you actually have to be honest about where you are in life. We all got dreams, we all got goals, we all got targets. I say, man, this is my five-year plan, this is my 10-year plan, I want to have this and this and that. But if I'm honest about where I'm at right now, I, th I, th I think that's the, the harder part. But you got to have both, location, destination, order for direction and figure out where you're going. So you have to have this honest appraisal about where you're at, where you're going, and then God will show you how to get there. He'll be your ways. He'll help you avoid the traffic and the cops and the potholes and all those troubles that come with it. He'll help you get to your destination the best way, the safest way, and the fastest way. But so many times we just put things in our way that hold us there and keep us stuck. And we prolong getting to where we're supposed to go and prolong getting to where God really wants us to be. In the book of Exodus, chapter 7 through 12, uh, probably my favorite character in the Bible is Moses. I preach about, about him a lot. I just love uh, his character. I mean, he's uh, an awesome leader, but he's a complete screw-up. And I'm like, man, I want to be an awesome leader, and I know I'm a complete screw-up, and so I just relate to this guy. And Moses lived to be 120 years old. He had three stages, all consisted of 40 years. He was 40 years uh, living in Pharaoh's house. He was 40 years in the desert by himself. And then he's 40 years uh, in the desert with Israel. And so he's got 40, 40, 40, one up on Jay. And Israel's been slaves now for 400 years when we come to the story of Moses. They're in Egypt. They, it actually didn't start off in slavery and bondage. They actually went to Egypt running away from a famine, and it was actually a life-saving experience. But they stayed too long, and they got too comfortable, and something that was life-saving actually turned into a death trap. And 400 years go by, and I, I think about how many generations were born into slavery and died in slavery because they knew nothing else. That makes me sad thinking about how many kids were born in bondage and died in bondage, never experiencing freedom. I'd imagine there are nine or ten generations in these 400 years that knew nothing else but bondage, that knew nothing else but slavery, that knew, knew nothing else but oppression. So 400 years, and they're living in the worst possible state, I mean oppressed, forced, beaten, bondage, no freedom. Yet they're in bondage, and yet they have the favor of God. The favor of God was all over them, and they were multiplying like rabbits, and the Egypt, Egyptians actually get scared, and they say, hey, man, we got to do something about the situation, because if there's too many of them, they're going to actually realize that they're more than us, and they, they probably could stand up and fight us and probably win, and so we got to do something about the situation. So the Egyptians, Pharaoh who's the king then, he says, all right, I got a plan. We're going to tell the midwives, the women that are helping the Israelites give birth, we're going to tell them as soon as 
the baby is born to kill the baby. Enemy always wants to take out what God's doing in your life. Right in the beginning, before it grows and before it gets stronger, he'll always try to take you out. Right in the beginning, right before you get a little bit of strength for yourself. The midwives, they're more scared of Israel's God than their God. They're more scared of Israel's king than their king. And they say, Pharaoh, no way are we doing this. No chance. Pharaoh gets upset. Pharaoh declares a decree and tells all the soldiers to go out and kill all the babies under two years old. Pharaoh was trying to stop some stuff. He was trying to stop them from getting stronger. He was trying to stop the favor. He was trying to stop them from getting confident. He was trying to stop them from thinking that they could win the fight. He was trying to stop them from getting a blessing. He was trying to stop them from getting promises and being fruitful and having real freedom and moving forward. He was trying to stop them from where God wanted them and, and, and having what God wanted them to have. He was trying to stop them, but enemy can't stop the hand of God. Favor ain't fair. Exodus, 12 said, uh, Exodus 1, 12 says, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. And even in bondage, God's favor was on Israel. But see, favor is given. This has nothing to do with you. This is all God. God wanted them not just to have favor, but fullness. But in order for them to go from favor to fullness, they had to get out from where they were. So they're in bondage, they have an element of, of, of favor with an element of bondage, and it, it was great for what was happening, but it wasn't what God wanted for them. So they had some favor, but they still had some bondage, and, and God wanted them to go into fullness and walk into fullness. See, fullness is a journey. Fullness is not just given. Fullness is a lot of decisions that have to be made, a lot of stripping off stuff and a lot of uh, broken chains. Fullness is daily decisions and struggle. So God wants them to walk in this fullness. He wants them to get out from where they were. He, he didn't just want them to have favor, but he wanted them to have fullness. And man, in my life, I don't, want, I don't just want favor. I want fullness. I, I don't just want favor. I want a marriage that is shining the light of Christ. I, I don't just want favor. I want, I want to raise some kids that are storming the gates of hell. I don't just want favor. I, I want to worship like I'm staring Jesus in the face. I don't just want favor. I want to look at some Jericho walls and by, by shouting at them, they would fall to the ground. Man, I don't just want favor in my life. I want to walk in fullness. I want everything that God has for me. I'm not staying stuck in this place any longer. I'm not, I'm not going to, to, to enjoy some of the favor, but stay in bondage. I, I want to walk in everything that God has for me. And so in this time of Pharaoh killing all the babies, in this time, baby Moses is born. And it's a great story if you've never read it. Uh, Moses' mom hides Moses and puts him in a basket and flows down the river. And uh, Pharaoh's daughter winds up picking it up and seeing the baby and actually raising the baby uh, in her house. And actually uh, pays Moses' mom, not knowing it was Moses' mom, to take care of the baby. And so there's a really cool story happening. And so Moses lives in Pharaoh's house for 40 years. 
in the king's house, drinking tea with his pinky up, like a pimp. <laughs> 40 years, he's in Pharaoh's house. And then he's walking outside and he sees a situation happening where this Egyptian is abusing an Israelite and he's got this internal struggle inside of him because uh, he's Egyptian but he's not and he's an Israelite but he's not and he's kind of like struggling with who I am and he, he, he finally breaks and decides this is not right and he goes over and he helps the Israelite and he kills the Egyptian but now he's got to go run for his life and so he heads into the desert all alone. And another 40 years pass. So Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house 40 years, and now another 40 years makes him how old? You guys are good. You guys are good. So 40 years later, so now he's 80, and God speaks to Moses as Moses just regular day walking around with the sheep, and there's this bush that's burning but not burning, which is weird, and it's talking. So we judge Moses, but... How would you react if you saw a talking bush on fire but not burn? It's just, it's just a weird, it's just, you got to read it. And God says to Moses, he says, I have seen their misery. I have heard them crying. I am concerned for their suffering. I have come down to rescue them, to bring them up out of slavery into freedom and blessings. I have seen, I have heard, I am concerned. I've come down to rescue them, to bring, bring them up out of slavery into freedom and blessings. And then he says, and I'm sending you to deliver them. If you know the story, they go back and forth, right? Because Moses feels inadequate and he wastes two chapters uh, arguing with God. And our Bibles would be two chapters shorter had Moses just said yes from the beginning. And we're like, thanks a lot, Moses. Like, I ain't have enough to read already. But we have two chapters where Moses and God are arguing. And, and they argue, argue, argue. And God says, here's the game plan. Here's the game plan. Here's the game plan. And he's like, just trust me. And, and Moses like, I appreciate it, but I think you got the wrong person. They're just going back and forth. And finally, because of God's grace, because if I was God, I would have smacked Moses right in the forehead. God alters the plan a little bit. He says, okay, take your brother, Aaron, and whatever I tell you, you're going to tell Aaron. Aaron's going to tell Pharaoh. So we're at this place now where Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. And they say, hey, Pharaoh, I have a message for you from God. It's there on the envelope. It's to Pharaoh, love God. And he says, let my people, first of all, my people, you think you own them, but you don't. You think I'm asking, but I'm not. Let my people go so that they can worship me. Not let them go, period, just because. Let them go so that. There's a future for my freedom. There's a purpose for my prison break. There's a reason for my release. You wasn't just saved just to sit there. You wasn't, you wasn't died for just to play dead in a pew. You weren't, you weren't bought with a price just to sell out. You, were, you wasn't delivered to stay trapped. You wasn't given to take 
There is a reason that you're here. There's a reason that this series is being done so that we could deal with some stuff that's in our lives so that chains could be broken and prison doors could be opened. It wasn't just so you could have a nice Sunday. There's a purpose and a plan so that you can live a life of fullness, so that you can walk out your calling, so that you can live a life of worship. And worship is not something that's done when the musicians are up here and the singers are up here. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a celebration. Worship is an active declaration that you believe God can and will do all that you need for your situation. Worship is more than a song. It's a proclamation. It's horizontal. It's telling God. Nope, it's vertical. It's telling God that I trust you despite what's happening around me. It's also a battle cry, and it lets the enemy know that no matter what's in my situation and no matter what's in front of me, I'm not scared because I have a God way bigger than my problems and way bigger than my situation. I, I think of a lion's roar. You know why a lion can roar so deep and loud? He actually has vocal cords that are flat, unlike ours. And so they're, they're meant to withstand lots of tension, and they're, they're not affected. And so when he roars, there's a lot of tension that goes on, but they're not affected, and the enemy knows that I'm not budging from my, my stance, that I, I see all the stuff is happening around me, but I'm not going to put my trust in the situation or put my trust in past results. I'm putting my trust in my God, and so I worship because I believe that he can in claiming this territory. I'm changing the atmosphere. I love this, that in this country we have the freedom to worship. But it's because I worship that I truly have freedom. When I worship, it, it breaks things. When it worship, it, it goes against the, the norm. It, 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 you're not reacting like the world thinks you should react. In Exodus 5, 4, while they're having this discussion, he's saying, hey, let my people go so that uh, we may go worship. See, see the, the world, the, the enemy, the, the world system, it looks at that. And Pharaoh says to Moses and Aaron, he says, hey, guys, stop distracting them from working. He says, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That's why you whine, let us go so we can worship God. Well then, go, go back to work. And then in verse 21, the foreman, his own guys say, may the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. Worship to the enemy is a distraction. They call it lazy. They see it as unproductive. They don't see the point. It stinks. It's B.O. 2 Corinthians 2 says, but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession, now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom, but to, to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. 
complete opposite. See, this is not just for us, but this is, around, this is for everyone that's around us. Man, uh, somebody look at their neighbor and say, man, you smell good. Now the beef starts. This is the fun part. Just kind of gave you background about what's happening. And now it's about to go. Pharaoh makes them work harder, takes some of the conveniences away. Oh, you're trying to move forward? You're trying to advance? You're trying to grow? You're trying to go to growth track? Uh Uh-uh. The enemy tries to oppress you just a little bit more because he doesn't want you advancing or moving forward or growing those muscles of faith and, and, and having what God wants you to have. So he, he tries to, 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 to kind of like get in your head and slow you down. Moses says, hey man, let us go so that we may worship him in the desert outside of Egypt. Pharaoh plays hardball, says, all right, I guess we're gonna have to do this the hard way And so the plagues start. Anybody know the plagues? It's 10 plagues. It says, let us go so that we may worship him. Pharaoh says, no. Okay? Water turns into blood. Hey, Pharaoh, let us go so that we may go worship him. Pharaoh says, no. Frogs. Moses says, Pharaoh, let us go so that we may go worship him. Pharaoh says, no. Gnats. Moses says, Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh, let us go so that we may go worship him. Pharaoh says, no, flies, flies everywhere. And I guess Pharaoh just didn't like flies because they're really annoying. So he goes, okay, okay, okay. You want to go worship? Fine, go worship. But stay here inside the land. Now the enemy tries to negotiate with the people of God. He's like, man, I'm going to let you worship, but stay here. I'm going to let you worship, but man, don't go too far with the thing. I'm going to let you worship, but, but, you know, just come on Sundays, but don't really get in a life group, or don't, don't really try to connect with people, and, and don't try to get into ministry, and, and don't try to do this. I'm going to let you worship, but man, just, just keep it close, man. Don't, don't really go too far with the thing. Moses says, nah, man, I'm not negotiating with you. God told us to get out, to go worship. And it's outside of this place, so hey, let us go so that we could go worship him. Pharaoh says, no, livestock livestock start dying. Hey, let us go so that we may go worship him. And then boils hit everybody. Pharaoh says, no. Hey, Pharaoh, let us go so that we may go worship him. And then hail starts raining down, and he goes, okay, 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 okay. You want to worship him? Fine. Go worship him. You can go outside, but... Leave the women and children. Moses says, no, man. We need everybody. This is a family. We're not leaving no man, no women, no child behind. We're doing this together. This is something that we have to do together. We're taking everybody with us, and nobody is getting left behind. We're making sure that every single person in our family gets their freedom, gets to experience this worship and go where God's called them to go. It's not about me, it's about everybody that's in this room right now. So so Moses says, Pharaoh, let us go so that we may go worship him. He says, no. So locusts hit. 
And he goes, okay, okay, okay. You can go outside, take the wife and kids. I'm fine with that. But leave the animals. Take everybody, but leave the animals. In Old Testament, animals were used for the sacrifices. See, the enemy was trying to get them to worship without it costing something. And anytime you worship, and anytime you walk into fullness, and anytime you really give your life to God, and anytime you go all in with it, it's gonna cost you something. Moses says, nah, man. We can't do it, we're not negotiating. Everybody comes with us, the animals come with us because it's a part of our worship and we're not giving God 50%, we're not giving him 90%, we're giving him everything that we got. So no man, I'm not, I'm not negotiating with it. It's gonna cost us, it's gonna cost us, but we're going all in. So he says, Pharaoh, let us go so that we can go worship him. And Pharaoh says, no, darkness hits. And I can imagine Moses, I mean, just being so frustrated. Nine plagues have gone by already, and it's like this guy just won't budge. He keeps trying to negotiate, and finally he says, man, let us go already. Let us go so that we may worship him. And he says, no. And then finally God speaks, and he says, hey, because you wouldn't let my son go, I'm taking your son. And they take all the firstborn. God kills all the firstborns that are in Egypt, and finally... Pharaoh gets so frustrated, and maybe he's brokenhearted. He just lost his son. He goes, fine, you guys want to go? Then go. I don't care. Leave. Get out. Just leave us alone. And Moses and all of Israel and all the men and all the women and all the children and all the animals and everything they have, they pack up. They're not leaving anything behind. They didn't leave their utensils. They didn't leave their... They took everything with us because they knew they wasn't coming back. They knew they were about to go on a journey and walk into fullness. They were leaving bondage, and they weren't looking back. And so now Moses, with almost 2 million people, they head out from Egypt. Again, it's such a great story because Moses is leading the people out of Egypt and on their way to the promised land. This land that God has promised full of milk and honey and all this amazing stuff. And they're on their way to fullness, and bam! A Red Sea hits you right in the face. I don't know about you, but you ever been in church and the message just hits you and you come up to the altar and you're like, this is amazing and this has just cleansed me and I'm just like, God, thank you. And you walk out there, those doors and a Red Sea just hits you right in the face. And you're like, God, I just experienced some freedom. I don't understand. You said you were leading me. Uh, like, who put this here? Like, did you lead us the wrong way? Maybe I got to get back on ways. I, I don't, what is happening right now? And when it couldn't get any worse and you couldn't get any more discouraged, all of a sudden, the past, the enemy decides, you know what? We made a mistake. They think they're, they think they're getting out. They think they're getting their freedom. They, they think they're free. No, 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 no. We're going to get them because they're still ours. And, and all of a sudden, now they look, turn around and they see all of Egypt come run after them. The past trying to bring them back into bondage. The past trying to get you back. Like, it just hits you all at once. You got this Red Sea where you feel like you can't move forward. And now the past is coming back. You know what happens when the past comes back, right? That ex sends you that text. 
those homies that you really shouldn't be hanging out with, they all hit you up at the same time, and they're on Instagram, and all of a sudden there's a discount on Hennessy. <laughs> Try and get you back. Try and get you back. Saying you can't leave. You can't go worship. Nope, not on my watch. I'm telling you there are things that have had us enslaved in bondage and they've robbed us of our freedom. It might, it might even have started out, out like a good thing, but it's completely taken over our lives. You can't get out and you're so frustrated. And there comes this moment where you're between a rock and a hard place. You're looking at a Red Sea and you're looking at the past. And obviously, you're either going to drown or go back or you're going to say, God, in this moment, I got no resources left. I got nothing else to do. But God, all I can do is worship you. All I can do is trust you through this moment because either I'm going to die there or I'm going to die there. But I I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you that I'm going to live not with favor and bondage, but oh, but I'm going to walk in fullness. I'm going to walk this journey out, singers. I'm going to ask you to come up and help me. There comes this moment where I feel like sometimes we play with stuff that's going on in our lives because it really hasn't bothered us for some reason, but then there comes this moment when we've just been in that place for so long that you just kind of get so frustrated and you feel those claws just gripping you tighter and tighter and you realize that God's calling you for more and has so much more for you and wants you to go that way and you're like just stuck in this place and years go by. Years and years and years go by and you're stuck in the same place and you're just, I mean, there has to come this moment and I pray that throughout this series, this is the moment for you where you literally get so frustrated that you look Pharaoh in the face and you say, Pharaoh, let me go so that I may worship my God in fullness and in freedom. And sometimes you got to speak right to that Pharaoh, man. You got to speak right to that thing. And you got to say, hey, call it by its name. Call it for what it is. You don't got to say it here, but you can say it in the privacy of your own home or in your head or maybe up at the altar in a few minutes. But you got to call that thing out by its name. You got to say, sexual addiction, let me go so that I may go worship. Uh, drugs, alcohol, let me go so that I may go worship. Depression, anxiety, let me go go so that I may go worship uh, pornography let me go so that I may go worship gossip negativity let me go so that I may go worship pride guilt fear anger hurt let me go so that I may go worship shame unforgiveness regret let me go so that I may go worship insecurity low self-esteem loneliness broken relationships let me go so that I may worship dysfunctional childhood what I feel was owed to me. Let me go so that I may go worship so that, so that, so that I'm not staying here any longer. I'm not staying stuck anymore. I'm not negotiating with the enemy. I'm not gonna say, oh, maybe if I get a little bit. No, 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 I want it all. 
I want everything that God has for me. I want to be who he's called me to be and do what he's called me to do. I want to live in fullness. I want to live in freedom. I'm tired. I'm tired of generations going by, growing up in a home with negative perceptions. And this is all they know, and so they grow up in this. They're born in it, and they die in it. Man, I want a, I want a, a, a home where my kids, they see worship going on. They see faith happening. They see trust despite what's going on around the home, inside the home. They see freedom. I'm not allowing my kids to grow up in this kind of environment. I'm changing the environment, changing the atmosphere. I'm not going to be satisfied with just a little bit of favor in my life. I'm getting up. I'm speaking to the Pharaoh in my life. I'm, I'm calling that thing out by its name for what it is. And I'm saying, hey, you. Today I'm free. I'm not letting you hold me there anymore. I'm not giving you another second. I'm not negotiating with you. One more day. Would you stand with me? worship. I'm going to do what we're supposed to do in these kinds of situations. I'm, I'm believing that some chains are going to be broken. I'm believing that prison doors are going to be open. I'm believing that mentalities are going to be broken. That not only are we not going to live in this, but we're not going to let those around us live in this either I love the verse that God tells Moses he says I have seen I have heard I am concerned and I've come down to rescue you so many times we think we're in this this place and we're all by ourselves and God is like hey man I've seen what you're going through I've heard your cry I'm concerned I mean, this is God, this is almighty God saying he's seen our situation, he's heard about what we're going through, he hears the lies that are going in our head, and he's concerned and he's come down to rescue us, to set us free, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. I mean, I know I was saved for more. I'm not doing this anymore. So we're going to sing this song going to worship, but like someone who's free, I don't want you looking down, I want you looking up, I want those hands up, surrender and say, I am free, I am free, I am free, I'm not letting this thing hold me anymore, I'm walking in fullness, I'm going to walk in freedom, and whenever those pharaohs try to creep back, I'm going to call it for what it is, I'm going to look dead in his face and say, hey, you, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not even letting you get a grip on me. Uh-uh, I'm not even letting you get a claw. I'm not even letting you grab my jacket. No, no, no. Uh-uh, I'm going straight for freedom. Oh, so that I may live a life of worship. Come on, let's sing this. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, 
go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.